Black True Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by black offenders. It is a podcast that anyone and everyone is welcome to enjoy, but it may not be enjoyed by anyone and everyone. So listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black True Crime. Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. (laughs) I'm Kayla. And I'm Kristen. And this is Black True Crime. If this is your first time here at the show, welcome and hello. Missed you guys. Well, I'm going to be honest. I asked her if she missed us before we started and she didn't reply. So, But now that I'm in the mojo, I'm in the zone. I'm smiling. I'm cheesing. Clearly, I feel away. <laughs> I not that, but clearly, I'm feeling away. Maybe it's because I'm hosting this case. I don't know. But either way, I'm here, and let's get it on. Yes, y'all. Y'all heard that correctly. Kristen is going to be main hosting this episode, this case, and I'm really excited about it. Are you? Yes, Kristen. Uh, any break I can get, but also I just. I like to give you your shine, you know, and you rarely take the opportunities. So I'm excited about this one. <laughs> Thanks, sis. Happy You're to be here. Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. But before we get started, Kristen, what's coming up? Okay, guys. So we're going on tour. BTC <laughs> tour is happening this spring. Be there or be square. What are you doing? Yeah, you got to be there. So please visit BlackTrueCrime.com to get your tickets, to see the cities that we're going to be visiting on the first tour. And yeah, it's going to be really exciting. Five cities, so you have options, y'all. Yes. And then we'll be announcing the second leg cities, I think, in like a month. So keep an eye out on our social media for that. Okay, Okay, great. Now we're ready to get started. In 2007, minutes from the bustling downtown Cleveland area, a young couple was doing their best to raise their two little girls in the not-so-pleasant streets of Central. What seemed like a story about two kids fresh out of high school struggling to do right by their little family would soon turn into a tale of tragedy where the underbelly of domestic violence, depression, and mental depletion is revealed. Join us as we discuss the horrific case of Amber Hill. Wow. Yes, sis. A picture of her already. And I forgot how pretty she was. She was so pretty. A very cute girl. Just adorable, beautiful, big lips. Love it. Mm -hmm. So we don't have a Black History segment today, but that's fine. We will keep moving. Mm -hmm. Born on April 1st, 1985, Amber Hill was born and raised by her mother, Carolyn Hill. Now, I couldn't find much on her background, which really freaking sucks because look at her. I would love to know how she grew up, how she was raised, who, what was her personality like, all of that. But I don't know how you get such in-depth info, Kayla, but I couldn't find anything and I commend you. What I did find was that family members described Amber as in her teenage years as very lively, there you go, bubbly and always smiling. Oh. So at the age of 18, Amber was pregnant with a baby girl that she would name Janelle Centrone. Now, clearly, Janelle took the last name of her baby daddy, Amber's baby daddy, 19-year-old Jamie Centrone. Okay. Amber and Jamie went on to have another baby girl, Success Hill, 
which took Amber's last name, period. And at this point, Amber was 20 years old. So, Look at them. Okay. So at this point, we don't really know if they were like on good terms, but I, I guess with that birth certificate stuff, I'm not really sure how it works, but yeah, maybe she what? was like, uh-uh, I don't want her to have your name because we're not fucking with each other. Maybe, because this is two years later down the line. Maybe she's like, okay, let's be more realistic Mm -hmm. with this baby. Let's have her in my name just in case. Regardless of what happened between them, their children are adorable. Beautiful. Yeah, they really are. They're stinking cute. They kind of remind me of us. Mm. Oh, Chrissy. Yeah. (laughs) But it's okay because things did not turn ugly yet. Amber and Jamie actually moved in together to raise their children together. So they were trying. Yeah. Amber was living with Jamie Cintrone and their two little girls in a small apartment on Woodland Avenue in Cleveland, Ohio. She was attending the Cleveland branch of Remington College while taking care of her two children. And Jamie worked at Burger King. Period. Get it how you live. Yeah, they're providing for their two young children. (sighs) Yes. The couple's relationship was known to be kind of toxic, though. Jamie was actually convicted of domestic violence against Amber twice, with the most recent case being in 2006. Oh, no. Yeah, so Amber and Jamie were fighting, and Jamie picked up a hammer and struck the TV with it, grabbed Amber by the neck, and threw her down. Oh, God. Yeah. So so. it was giving... You know, my life was in danger at one point. Yeah, like it's giving like, okay, this could get worse. Yeah, yeah. Violence of any kind is no good, and especially when kids are involved, just, you know, get the fuck out. And for you to, like, strike strike the TV, and I'm sure he bought the TV mm-hmm. with a hammer, like, you must have really been pissed. Yeah, I hate getting that scary mad, because I've been there. Mm-hmm. Family members believe the physical and verbal abuse Amber experienced from Jamie contributed to the changes they witnessed in her personality. Mm. So I feel like as women, we all understand when we go through a relationship that's rough and then we start changing, becoming harder, more silent. I mean, you're being abused and that affects who you are to your core. And with her being, I don't know how long they were together. I don't know if she had suffered abuse before Jamie you know, in other relationships or when she was growing up, but you can tell it's taking a toll on her at this point. Mm-hmm. In fact, Amber began to show extreme signs of depression. Her personality started to take a turn for the absolute worst. She even stopped attending her classes, classes that she's paying for. Mm. Well, we've all done. We've all wasted some money when it came to school. Not, nah, but it wasn't mine. she was convinced her classmates were talking about her behind her back this Mm. is kind of giving paranoia unless you know you're involved on campus and things of that nature i've been in college um classes we barely paid any attention to each other so (laughs) so maybe she had a close-knit of friends in there Mm -hmm. and she generally felt like they were talking about her or maybe this is a sign of her becoming more and more paranoid Okay, because I was thinking, let's think about it. Her personality, based on what her family said, is Amber is bubbly and she's outgoing. So that's probably how people know her. With her being in this relationship where she's struggling and it's causing her to kind of lose parts of herself, Mm -hmm. um, they're noticing the changes in her. So maybe they are snickering behind her back. Maybe there is a dynamic that she's noticing that's changing between her and her classmates. So yeah, because it's me off. 
Period. It will make me not want to go to class or at least cut somebody out and then stop going to class. Or just withdraw from everybody and get my degree and yeah. bounce. So I get, I get where she's coming from, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Amber told her family and friends that she would cut herself sometimes and she even contem- contemplated suicide. Oh, no. No, no, no. Like, Amber, no. And think about it. She has two girls as a girl herself. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. And even if he's not necessarily whooping on her, the toll that it's taking on her, I mean, not to even mention what she was going through as a new mom. So trying to like heal her body, suffering probably from postpartum. I mean, the amount of stress on her was probably unbelievable. And then trying to pay bills too. Like it's giving heavy, real heavy. Yeah, yeah. and I don't know how people deal with it because I've never been in this situation, but the small amount of responsibility I have, I feel is enough. <laughs> are you referring <laughs> to baby so blackjack like, yes Kristen, too much even my man child it's like you're taking care of a whole other person thing blackjack you know whatever it's just a lot yeah and you can lose yourself mm-hmm. like many others have right okay so jamie told the quartz that one week before the tragedy that we will soon talk about mm-hmm. amber failed to pick up the girls from daycare one day which was completely unlike her. Okay. So I guess, I don't know if this is to help her um, in this future case. We don't know. But clearly the girl was not thinking straight. I was about to say, that makes me feel like there's a red flag and someone should be asking Amber or at least showing her extra attention because red flags are popping up. Mm-hmm. He said she had recently experienced the death of one of her cousins and came home later that night and immediately just went to bed without a single word. Oh, no. So, oh. Kristen, I'm heavy. As as this case goes on, I sink further into my chair. Yeah, because it's like you're feeling the weight that's on her mm-hmm. shoulders. This girl is going through it and it doesn't feel like she has a moment to breathe without or, something else happening. Or a healthy outlet. You know what I'm saying? To just release herself or get a break from the situation that she's in or the pressures that she's facing every single day and granted people are in similar situations some people are in worse situations and don't have psychotic breaks or or do what is about to happen but not everybody's the same so we can't compare her to the mass majority period no like two girls a boy um uh that's supposed to be the person i love putting his hands on me me going to school people talking about me and then my cousin died like come on this is a lot for anybody to try to rationalize in their mind let alone try to figure out what they feel about it she probably just went numb and went to bed because she doesn't know how to process her stuff exactly and that's a sign of like sleeping and just you know that type of thing heavy like Fatigue is a sign of depression, so maybe she was slipping into that. Yeah. Poor Amber. Amber. So in the midst of going to school, because she was still trying, experiencing auditory hallucinations, yes, she was hearing voices, y'all. Suicidal thoughts and postpartum depression. Amber was trying to parent her two little girls until one grim day, Amber's sanity cracked. Oh, God. So let's talk about what happened on October 1st. Oh, look at these babies. Kristen, they're adorable. One, Kayla. I mean, they, they look like their parents. Look, we have a picture like that. We're literally oh, matching. Oh, yeah. Oh, anyway. 
on no, October. Not anyway, let me. I just with can't. My heart and my mind and my. They're soul. adorable. Sisters. <sighs> on October first, two thousand and seven, Amber woke up feeling overwhelmed. She spent the beginning of her morning crying in her bedroom. Fox News stated that she spoke with her mom that morning about going to the hospital to be seen, okay. which means she knew something was going on. She knew she needed to go and get checked because something ain't right. Right. And she voiced that. Mm. As she proceeded to go get her two baby girls ready for the day, mm -hmm. she prepared their bath and she helped Janelle and success into the tub. While she's standing there watching them wash up, she thought about taking them out and putting their clothes on so they could get going about their day. Okay. But then the same voices that have been haunting her for months, telling her to kill and harm herself. Right. Now these voices, which she said were in the form of her mother's, her sister's, and her boyfriend's voice. Oh God. Now they're telling her to turn her attention on her two baby girls. Mm -mm. I would have been screaming no. No, I'll put forks and spoons in my own orifices before I turn it on to my babies. I will literally like smack my head on the wall until I'm passed out yeah. just so I can resist these voices. Obviously easier said than done, but you know, that's the, the sentiment. And I'm sure Amber felt the same way because from all intents and purposes and everything anyone has said, she loved them children. Mm-hmm. She loved them. Look too. at them. Look at that picture. She took care of her babies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so she heard these voices urging her to drown her two girls. Oh. So after months of living with these voices, Amber couldn't take it anymore, and she finally complied. 22-year-old Amber drowned her eldest child, Janelle Centrone, first. Oh. Oh. As the eldest thrashed in the water trying desperately to come up for air against the weight of her mother's hand, she finally stopped moving. Kristen! What? Why did you have to write it like that? You. I don't know. I feel like I was writing a novel. God, that's, this is not... We're, this now is this not is, the time. <laughs> this is intense! And I'm reading this back like, dang, sis! And this broke... This just broke my heart all over again. These poor Ugh. babies. And drowning someone is so intimate. Let alone, oh. like, you know, drowning a baby. Just. <sighs> you're, feeling the, you're feeling the strength of your baby girl fighting against you. Fighting, fighting for her life. Like, that is something that just made me f physically ill. We needed a trigger warning at the top. We sure should have. Matter of fact, you might want to put it in the title. I'm going to have to put something somewhere, bitch, because we don't play about kids. No. As she proceeded to now hold her youngest success under the water, Amber told the authorities later that the toddler looked up at her mom through the water. Oh. I'm done. I don't even think I can finish this. You don't deserve to finish this. You, you actually, yeah, you're going to finish it. You chose this. Jeez. Oh, Lord. Okay, so Amber then closed the shower curtain after the horrible deeds were done. Mm. She left the apartment. She walked to a payphone close by, and she called her boyfriend, Jamie, and told him exactly what she had done. Okay. Wow. She, she stated immediately. She t like, literally walked out like a zombie and picked up the phone and told Jamie, this is what I had did. 
Good lord. I want to hate her so bad. I want to so bad. You know you want to. Yeah. Oh, but can you? I don't know, Kristen. I don't know. <laughs> she stated that their children were at peace. Wow. On her way back from the payphone, she stopped to pick up their mail at the mailbox and saw a check in there that she thought about cashing later that day, as if she had done nothing wrong. Mm-mm-mm. Just a damn shame. But it's like a psychosis, right? You're into something one minute and completely gone the next. And I think we've talked about this because we've talked about a couple of mothers on the mm-hmm. show that have done this to their children. And it's like in their mind, logically, you know, I barely can afford to feed them. I barely can afford to take care of them. Or, you know, I'm going through so much shit. I physically, like emotionally can't do it. So the only option for them is to take their life so they're not suffering anymore. We even had the father. The father did that to his three babies. When? You remember what? that? The father, that guy who literally took his three babies downstairs and shot them in the head. Huh. We covered that on this show? Yes, we covered that on this show. And he kept saying like, oh, they're in a better place now. Um, I just, all I want to do is die. Just kill me now. Remember the black guy? Well, duh, he's black. (laughs) Kayla, we have to go back. I'll figure it out, but whoa, I'm glad I don't remember that. I remember. Oh, okay. Babies. While this horrendous act, well, first, shut up. Rest in peace to Janelle Centrone yes. and to Success Hill, period. Yes. Well, rest in peace to these beautiful babies. Beautiful babies. Mm. Oh, my gosh. This, the Kristen, this one, like, actually physically hurts. Like, I'm not okay at all. Mm-mm. Me and you must never part. My I mean, they, and they had no idea what was coming, and it was their mom. Like, that's just... The fear level, the confusion, just all of it in your last moments and being so young, just <laughs> this is the only reason I hope this whole realm is a simulation. So like <laughs> stuff like this maybe isn't actually something that these babies are going through. Mm, oh, girl. But while this horrendous act was taking place, Amber's mother, Carolyn, was already on her way to the apartment to take her daughter to a psychiatric evaluation at Metro Health Medical Center. Okay, so Amber told her mom the day before that she wanted to go. Her mom that said, morning, that morning. Okay, mm-hmm. but before her mom was even able to get over there, she did what she did. She did what she did. It was too late. Mom was on the way. Like, okay, let's do this, but it was too late. Good lord. So Caroline stated to the court. I mean, Carolyn stated to the court. I came in, and Amber was standing in the middle of the room like a zombie. She was looking right through me. It was like there was no soul, no nothing. And that's when she realized that her two grandchildren had just been drowned by their own mother. Oh my lord, the trauma. Girl, your baby drowns your baby's babies. How do you even figure out what to do next in that moment? How does your brain choose to move forward from that moment? Mm Hmm. Girl, I would have been like that. The girl that was crying over Izoki and Woman King just wailing like. Yeah, yeah. uh, So after that, it gets worse. No, it doesn't. Then Jamie, the children's father, comes in. Okay. He busts. So, and we have something to actually talk about in regards to Jamie. So we're going to get to that. I'm going to let you say this part and then we'll kind of get into what I have to share. 
Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. So Jamie, the children's father, busts in the apartment and found Amber sitting silently on the sofa, staring ahead with a blank expression on her face. As he's frantically searching the house, he asks Amber where the girls were. She told him that they were in the bathroom. So he runs in, sees the shower curtain closed, and yanks it back, only to find his two girls naked and immersed in the tub. Oh, my Lord. And when she called him, you know he was probably, like, on his way home, praying on every wing that that she was just bullshitting. You know, that she was just having, like, a moment. Like, Kayla, imagine him at Burger King hearing this. His stomach probably dropped to his feet, and he's just trying to get home. So he he's screaming at this point, why? Like, why? Pulls yeah. his baby girls out of the water and immediately calls 911. So this is confusing for me because I don't know if the mom came in first or Jamie came in first because you would think if the mom came in first, she would have called 911. Right. Um, so but- I do not know the timeline on who came in. But as I've written it, it seems like Jamie has come in after the mother. Right. Because I was about to say, it seems like maybe she didn't even know what happened to the girls. Maybe she didn't even get that far. Um, It could have been seconds between when the mother got there and saw Amber looking crazy and when Jamie walked in. So, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? So, Kayla, what do you know about Jamie? Okay. So, I got an email. Um in November from Jamie himself. And Mm -hmm. he actually found this case that we covered. So we covered this case last year, but it was only a YouTube case. Like it was a YouTube only video. And Jamie happened to find it and shared with us. He was really pissed off about how we portrayed him. He felt like we were mocking him. We were kind of like laughing at his pain. I didn't remember the case. I don't remember what our reactions were, but I know we're never trying to laugh at anybody's pain. So obviously I was very empathetic to that, but he was really upset because he felt like his point of view wasn't shared in the episode and us not knowing his point of view. I gave him the opportunity to share what he really wanted to say or he wanted people to know in regards to what happened that day and just his involvement in general and in his initial email he shared with me that the he felt the family was kind of manipulating him in a way Mm. or like not being completely honest with him so in the next email that he sent me he went on to explain further so i will share this i will read this out loud if there's anything too personal in it i'll edit it out but i would like to like share this in its entirety if i can so this is very recent. What do you think, sister? Are you excited or what are you how are you feeling? I'm super excited. Like I feel like we can come off as insensitive because of the way we handle trauma, the way that we laugh, the way that we joke. So yes, if how that's we what he handle was it, right. right, how we handle it. So if he felt that we mishandled him and mm-hmm. his story about mm-hmm. him losing his girls, we can always come to a apologetic stance. We're oh, sorry, every period. Time. Every time. You know? But, like, I want to know, what is his perspective? What is his POV? Right. Because from the research, he's the one that was the aggressor in this relationship. And he was abusing Amber, you know, all these types of things. So I was very curious as to what he had to say on his behalf. And I wanted you guys to hear it, too. So he said, thank you for your response. There are things that made me feel up. Okay, so, you know, I'm just going to read it verbatim. Mm Mm-hmm. There are things that made me feel up like saying I was beating her ass. That hurt the most. 
I'm sorry for the reaction. Pure emotion and not meant to be a threat. Our daughters were everything to me. And yes, we had our hard times and I have made mistakes. Once I suffered the consequences of my actions, I separated myself from the mother months before the tragedy. She contacted me to try to get back together about a month before the tragedy. And she had her relationships and it hurt because I would call to talk to my girls. The friend would verbally tear me down as a father saying things that no father wants to hear. There's a lot of misunderstanding about the story. The fact that I was providing, working consistently, and trying to be a good father should help see my side. We loved each other very much, and it was love at first sight. There was nothing I wanted more than to see her and give her the world. We have two beautiful girls that were made because we loved each other, not because I was abusive. She is a strong woman with a strong family. We lived with her mother for a while and always found a way to see me. I don't know what that really means, but... Hopefully that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. It's very sad that when I close my eyes, I picture the family I lost, imagining how big a hole is in my heart. Every day I think about them trying to treasure every good moment without being overwhelmed by the tragedy. Appreciating life one day at a time is how I've been and try to live now. Hopefully this gives a little insight to my side of the tragedy and how I'm viewed by people who hear this story. Love the podcast. Also great concept and good stories. Appreciate your time. Oh my god! When okay, you, Jamie, I'm and, sorry. And emails like this just humanize everything. I mean, it takes it to a whole other level. We knew this case was real. We knew these babies really lost their life, and it stabbed us in the chest when we first heard it. But it's easy to write someone completely off because you hear or you read something in the paper or you read something and and see them as just one thing. So even if there were moments where he did what he did to Amber and there were hostilities and there was physicality, that doesn't take away from the fact that he lost two of his children and that is heartbreaking. Period, Kayla. I could have not said it better myself. And furthermore, like, imagine all of these news articles and stuff was just painting him as the bad guy. Yeah, you know, she went to jail, but she had mental issues. So they're painting him as a dude who beat her up, did all this stuff, caused her harm. Mm-hmm. Imagine that not always not being the whole truth. And you're right. just sitting there getting whammied as your two babies got taken away from you too. Absolutely. So, and that's what I, highlighted. I feel like that's what's highlighted. You know, she was abused and that pushed her to this type of thing you know it's easy Mm -hmm. to just put one plus two equals three and it's like who are we to say that who the fuck are we to simplify someone's entire life um that way so i'm glad that he reached out i loved that he reached out to you yeah we never want to be a part of the news crew that gets stuff wrong all the time like Mm -hmm. we want to hear the real on both sides absolutely and you guys can have your opinions about what you felt about what he said did you guys think it was genuine whatever like i said he lost two children and and not by his hand so just you know so so anything else you got to say out outside of that you know that's your opinion yeah we're sorry for your loss jamie thanks for listening to the show and yeah jamie how did you keep listening to the show after we tried you like sorry jamie thank you for being a true supporter (laughs) okay okay back to the case neighbors heard the commotion and immediately came to see what was going on One of them also called 911 as well. The paramedics who testified during the trial stated that by the time they arrived at the Woodland Avenue apartment, the scene was chaotic. Family, neighbors, 
They were everywhere, frantically trying to explain to the paramedics what had happened. Mm -hmm. It was not clear for them until they discovered the actual lifeless body of Janelle. Her skin was pale and pruned at this time, and she was lying on the bed upstairs. Mm -hmm. They carried her downstairs, where they also found success lying on the ground where her father was weeping over her. Mm-hmm. Even though things were already looking grim, the paramedics, paramedics still did all they could to try to resuscitate Janelle and Amber. Yeah. They suctioned fluid and performed CPR on the children, but water just kept coming from their noses, their ears, and their mouths. Well, it's been like forever at this at this point. It's been at least 20 minutes. Cause, I mean, she walked to a payphone, called, and let people know that this, you know, Jamie know that this is what she did and had time to call her mom. And just, it was just, come on. And they were still in the tub while exactly. all of this stuff was happening. Exactly. Jamie's the one that pulled them out. So, poor babies. And poor medical workers. The EMTs that had to work on these babies. You think they forgot this? Because they didn't. No. You're trying to resuscitate a lifeless body. Like, that is traumatizing. A lifeless baby body. Two of them. Like, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. So, it was obviously too late. And throughout all the commotion, Amber is still sitting there in a dissociative daze. Like, this girl was messed up. That's scary. So, the coroner ruled the cause of death to be drowning, obviously. He even considered adding strangulation as a factor for four-year-old Janelle because of the ligature marks around her neck and the bleeding blood vessels in her eyelids. Oh, Lord. So, she just put an extra oomph into it. Like, I guess... I don't... Because the baby girl was probably stronger. Yeah, but... Jeez. Amber, that's some dark shit. Like, something... That's a full 180. That's why I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I wish I knew about her mom. Was there like, did she have a predisposition for mental illness? Or was it just seriously a psychotic break that could easily be associated with postpartum? Yeah. And it's like, you, you, oh, I just wish she had woke up out of the whatever she was in when she was drowning the babies to just stop, you know, mm-hmm. like to be like, what, the, what am I doing? But she had determination in her. To almost strangle, strangulate her baby girl, her four-year-old. So it's just sad. Insane. So the trial is here. October 2nd, 2007. Amber was charged with two counts of aggravated murder in Cleveland Municipal Court. Her bail was set at $2 million. $1 million for each of her deceased children. Oh, she ain't getting out. Well, she didn't even enter a plea at the time. Well, I'm saying, like, there's no way she's going to be able to pay that. So oh, she's not period. getting out. Yeah, she's not getting out. She didn't even enter a plea. I don't even know if she's out of her dissociative days or not. Mm-hmm. So on January 8th, 2009, two freaking years later, mm-hmm. Amber pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. And on Thursday, January 15th, the same year, she waived her right to a trial by jury. Wow. So, so I feel like what that, yeah, what does that she, mean? She basically is saying she's going to let the judge decide her fate. Mm, and not a whole 12 seat jury of yeah. people that are probably going to tell her to go to the chair. A hundred percent. It's going to be hard for 12 people to empathize with the woman that just killed her children. Yeah. But then again, here we go with Casey Anthony. And mm. she fully killed her child or at least was fully involved and fully helped cover it up and has a peacock special. And probably was paid handsomely. I want to throw myself off of a roof. 
Like, who should we blame? The Floridians? The courts? <laughs> who should we blame? Our forefathers, bitch. The people that started <laughs> this shit. We blame the Constitution. I blame Casey Anthony. And yeah, I blame uh, everyone who believed her. Me too. Everyone that believes her to this day. Rosie O'Donnell, bitch. Count your motherfucking days. Ew. <laughs> like, fully ill. She's disgusting. And you can tell her I said it. <laughs> By the time Amber's trial began, she was facing the death penalty for the murder of her two kids. Mm. And she was not offered a plea deal, period. Sounds about right. Which basically means the case against her was a slam dunk. Since Amber waived her right to a trial by jury, a three-judge panel would try and render a verdict in her case. Yeah. So she entered a plea of guilty by, or not guilty by reason of insanity, correct? Yes. And they still chose to at least offer the death penalty for this case. Absolutely. With no plea deal. Okay. Okay. Uh, I can see how it may appeal to them on paper. With her being, a, you know, a black woman and all. But I feel like she really, they should have dug deeper. I feel like they should have dug deeper because if anybody could tell you this was not her before it was. You know what I'm saying? Like, until that very moment that it was her. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's time for Amber's lawyer to turn it on and show this is what happened and yeah. this is what she's dealing with. Yeah. So... Amber's lawyer proceeds to tell the judges that two psychiatrists would testify that Amber had a history of postpartum depression Mm. and that her mental state had been spiraling downhill to the extent where she even attempted taking her own life multiple times. No, no. Yeah. 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 One of those. That wasn't before she had kids, though. That was after. I think that was after because remember they said that they didn't see the shift until after she had her two baby girls and yeah, they started to see a personality shift. Okay. So one of those psychiatrists who was a, who was court appointed Mm -hmm. despite telling the prosecutors that Amber was in fact having auditory hallucinations of her family members urging her to kill herself and sometimes her children, they still decided to prosecute Amber anyway and to the fullest extent of the law. So they had one of their own psychiatrists who was court appointed tell them this girl is going through it. She's having hallucinations. She's depressed. Right. She's been fighting it. But she gave in. And they're like, well, that doesn't matter to us. <laughs> AKA, we're going to prosecute her. They did their job. They did exactly what they were supposed to do on behalf of Amber and, you know, their professionalism as being doctors and being having the right to make these decisions. And the court was like, or I'm sorry, the prosecution was like, nah, we know better than you. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. They claimed it was an important case to the community and deserved the criminal justice system's full attention. But it, it can still get the criminal justice system's full attention without without poisoning it or like corrupting it or just twisting it to look good or, or fit you. What the fuck is the point of the justice system if you can do whatever you want? I have no idea. And I feel like as soon as you see an insanity plea and psychiatrists are telling you that, yeah, she's insane, you go ahead and you put in a death penalty anyway. It just is like you're doing this for the cameras Unreal. at this point. You're doing this for pressure. Somebody's putting pressure on you. Absolutely. And somebody's trying to get reelected, probably the freaking DA, you know, that's over there on the prosecution side trying to 
gained favor with the public because I'm thinking, I'm like, if you guys really wanted to do right by what was happening or, or I don't know. I don't know. I just, yeah, it's just hard. I'm sad. I'm sad and I'm sick of this shit. Yeah. Cause on one end you're like, dang, I could punch Amber for doing mm-hmm. what she did. But on the other end, it's like, can we please protect women? You know, women that like are really going through it and they trying to figure out what to freak to do. And they have little babies that are sitting there in the mess and they accidentally take it out on them. Like that's not, this woman needs help. Absolutely. And the most frustrating part is majority of the people that are in charge of making these decisions on our behalf are men, men that have no idea what it's like to be a mother, to push out a whole human out of a the hole the size of a freaking walnut so the mental really just, changes that happens the physical changes that happen you know it's just we are set up to fail here that's why women work so damn hard to like fight for the basics because something like this amber should not have faced death because of this in my opinion you could disagree mm-hmm. but in my opinion she didn't deserve the chair and they should have had a female judge preside over this case. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And we're not well, saying that that's Jamie's... That's a prejudice, but... Well, it can but be that's seen what I'm saying. Prejudice. It can be seen as a prejudice, but who else would be able to understand the situation right. of this girl? You know, you're supposed to know the law, but you're also having mitigating factors. You're supposed to be able to understand those. Mm-hmm. A man may not understand postpartum depression. Facts. Facts. But anyway... The prosecutors had all the evidence they needed and even a confession from Amber because clearly she wasn't denying that she drowned her girls. They argued that Amber wanted to get rid of her girls because she was not happy with her life and Mm -hmm. felt like the girls played a part in that entrapment. Okay. They argued that Amber was aware that her actions were wrong, which is why she closed the shower curtain to conceal the horrid acts that she had committed. Mm, Okay. Mm. So something... I don't think that is a fair statement because as a habit, when I get out of the shower, I close the shower curtain back. So that could just be something that she did out of, like I said, habit and not to just conceal. So that's a shaky something. It is shaky. And it's like, if you, you know, if your dog died or whatever and you're burying them, your loved one, you're going to bury them, right? You're going to cover them. You're Mm -hmm. not going to just leave them exposed. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was shaky. So the defense refuted the argument with the fact that Amber told the court that she closed the curtain because she did not want her babies to be exposed and that she wanted to keep their bodies safe. Mm. Witnesses. So see, okay. it's just, it's, she's not there. She's not well, sir. Mm-hmm. It's, she's not well. Stop trying to mm-hmm. make her well. She's not. Right. <laughs> we know a stone cold killer when we hear one. And yeah. she she sounds like somebody who is not there. Like look at the day and night transformation that she's gone through since she was in prison. Mm-hmm. You know, like completely she looks like a different completely person. different person. Mm-hmm. Witnesses, including family and friends, testified that Amber loved her kids Mm -hmm. and that she was a proud and protective mother that always kept her girls clean, neat, and very well-mannered. Come on now. Believe what they're showing you. I was about to say, all of the signs in any investigation that is competent, they would Mm -hmm. see 
Amber had her wits about her until she didn't. There has to be some type of like, okay, at least give her life, something like that. We're not saying she should be in society. We're saying she shouldn't be put on a slab or like buckled down to a gurney, mm-hmm. you know, because of what happened. Yeah. And I wonder what Jamie thinks about this because he didn't mention it in the email, but I would love to get him on the show to see if, you know, just to get his side of it. And if you guys are interested in that, I'm going to put a question on Spotify. Um, Let me know if you guys think we should have him on the show. Mm -hmm. Kayla, it's a yes for me. Okay. The detective that interviewed Amber directly after the killings even testified that Amber told him she heard the voices of her mom, boyfriend, and sister telling her to kill her children. Mm-hmm. The two psychiatrists testified that Hill's severe depression eventually escalated to a psychotic break from reality when she killed her children. Yep, sounds about right. So after four hours of deliberation, the three judges rendered that Amber was not guilty of aggravated murder due to uncontroverted evidence that Amber was not aware that killing her daughters were wrong, was wrong. Gosh, I just felt like relief and that never, the relief of the killer, never. Right, that part. But, like, you can feel the heartbreak. You can feel that she ain't right. So I'm happy that they didn't persecute her for this in this way. So her mom, the relatives, they're sobbing. They're thanking God that she did not receive the death penalty. Um, At that point, the prosecutors were pushing for a long-term institutionalization of Amber Mm -hmm. at a high-security facility because they believed she posed a risk to herself and maybe even others. Okay. Well, that's, hey, better than the chair. Death right, row. Lock me up. Put me put me in the hole. Give Just me don't medication. Kill me. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Something. After the trial, the judges were given some time to decide whether Amber was to be set free or admitted in a mental institution. They decided that she would be admitted at North Coast Behavioral Healthcare System, okay. a high security psychi- psychiatric facility, and she would be there indefinitely. Oh. Amber was given the opportunity to address the court and told them that she felt truly blessed to be found not guilty by reason of insanity. Mm. That's that sounds like somebody told her to say that if she were to get off. I mean, I will be feel blessed, too, because that's the only I feel like that's the verdict that fits. It's you. She should feel blessed. They're not. I know. It's just the way like this is in quotes. That okay. she felt truly blessed to be found not guilty by reason of insanity. Like, it just sounds like somebody fed her that to say, because maybe she still ain't there or who knows. <laughs> Either way, I hope she's good. I hope she feels blessed. I hope she has her wits about her enough to even know what just happened and know the yeah. bullet she just dodged, dodged. you know? Mm-hmm. One of the judges interrupted her to say that the law required that finding and that it was not a blessing from God. God did not intervene on that. God did not intervene on behalf of your children. The judge continues to say, if I were in your situation, I would swear to almighty God to take that medication every day of my life. So you are never in the situation where you feel so horrible that you don't know how to control yourself and take an action that is repugnant to society. Dang. I mean, Cause my wig just lifted and peeled back. <laughs> like, 
damn. Well, I understand the, the the hate and anger behind that. Two little girls, and and looking at the little girls, you know, I go to war for them solely mm-hmm. for two souls. I would go to war, so mm-hmm. I could understand why the judge was not with with the shits. Period. But yeah, that judge was like, "This is the the only mercy that you see that you will ever get." And don't thank God, thank me. <laughs> <laughs> At the psychiatric facility, Amber has been receiving antipsychotic medications that are meant to reduce the auditory hallucinations and assist her in becoming more lucid and more coherent. Antipsychotics primarily block a chemical found in the brain called dopamine from specific parts of the brain. Mm -hmm. So after two to four weeks of the right treatment, the voices in one head should start to fade out. Okay. Hopefully, she is receiving or has been receiving the treatments that she needs. There was no information that I could find on whether Amber is still at North Coast Behavioral Health Care or maybe she's been released to a lower security facility or to the general public. I did not find that information. Well, I'll look into it to see if there have been any updates since this case was written. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, as of... Right now, the case that we did, we released the Marquise Lloyd case. There is an update on that case, and I will be posting that very, very soon. Okay, period. On our social media, Instagram, and what else, Bay? Bay, sister. Bay. (laughs) Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and maybe a TikTok. Maybe a little tickety tockety. Yeah. Yeah. And everything is Black You Crime podcast, period. TikTok is Black You Crime. Yes. So, y'all, that's the end of the case. I just wanted to put at the end of the case, if you experience mental episodes or depression or you feel like you could harm yourself or others, please reach out to someone, okay? I literally have a list of resources, a list of hotlines, suicide prevention lifelines that you can contact. Maybe Kayla can post that on something on Instagram or I'll post it. But, um... Yeah, there's places and people out there that will literally sit on the phone with you just so you won't harm yourself. Right. Please utilize that if I you need it. I will sit on the phone with you. Right. <laughs> I, I can't technically, but please reach out. Like, I try to get to the DMs as quickly as possible, but, like, you're never alone. I never want anyone to feel suicidal or feel like they're going to harm someone. There is help. Period. Okay, so that's the end of the case. Oh, wow, sister. Look at you doing cases. Mm, I did one, you know, one or two. You should do another one. What did you think about this one? Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> so I liked this case. Well, I obviously hated it because it involved children and mm-hmm. it upset my stomach. But this is a type of case that just makes you aware of how important mental health is. We always talk about that, but it's so yeah. important and something that Amber probably is going to be suffering with for the rest of her life happened and happened to the people that she loves the most. So it's just no one deserves to suffer like this. I feel bad for Amber. I feel horrible for her children. And I feel really bad for Jamie because he lost his kids as well. Yep. Everybody was affected. Everybody's hurt. Yeah. So I just hope that Amber got the necessary medication that she needed, got the necessary healing that she needed. Because even when you become lucid, she could become tormented with what she did. Yeah. I mean, she could still struggle. 
Well, thank you, sister, so much for that case this week. We're happy mm-hmm. to have you back. We missed you. Aw, thanks. Miss you guys, too. Okay, so I just want to say, one, two, three, four, five, six. What's going on with you? Like, give us a life update. Or how are you feeling? How is everything? Oh, um, I don't know. I really feel like after the whole, the person that shall not be named, breakup and all that stuff. I feel like I got real angry, real touchy, like not happy, uh, dry, tired, like just everything, all the emotions. And I'm still kind of going through it, but I don't know. I feel like I'm more so like there's a fire under my tail to do something. I don't know what yet, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, life is lifing. Okay. (laughs) How are you? Girl, I'm doing great. I'm doing really well. I'm excited about this tour. It's like the highlight of everything that I'm looking forward to in 2023. Mm-hmm. And I'm just being me. I'm going to be in Vegas in, for Christmas, so I'm excited about that. And yeah. You're finna gamble. A lot. A lot. Make some money. I will, sister. Well, thank you guys for <laughs> listening to that little excerpt. A little extra something. And we will see you guys, what, next week for another two cases? Mm. And have y'all been loving Terrell? Because we love Terrell. We do love Terrell. Kristen, I was about to say, would you love to do an episode with me, you, and Terrell? Oh, my God. Are you joking? That would be so fun. We can make that happen, like, ASAP Rocky. Okay. I'm down with the brown. All right. Love you, sister. (laughs) Love you guys. Thank you so much. And And with that being said. Yeah. Be safe. Be safe. Protect, protect your, your peace. peace protect your and protect space. your space. So, so we don't we have, don't to, have cover to cover your case. Period. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can stream all of our episodes on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even Facebook. It's the best way to help the show grow, and it's completely free. For bonus content, you can find us on Patreon. And for more information about the show, you can visit BlackTrueCrime.com. See you next time.